When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, this is Nick here. Just a quick message before you listen to the podcast. If you'd like to perhaps listen to some of more of certain managers discussed in more detail then you can listen to last week's episode where we ranked Chelsea's Premier League title where we went into a bit more depth on some managers. So if in this episode, for whatever reason, some managers might not get the attention or coverage you think they should, we probably discussed them more in depth in the pod last week if you missed it. So cheers and I hope you enjoy the episode. And welcome back to that Chelsea podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Jack Davies. How are we doing, fella? Yeah, I'm excited to uh, rank the old managers today. So, looking forward to it. Yeah, and we're joined again by Mr. Louis Fitz. How are we doing, man? Not bad, not bad. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. On the podcast today, we're going to rank Chelsea's trophy-winning managers of the Roman Abramovich era. No trophy-winning, thus, unfortunately, Frank ain't up for discussion just yet. Uh, we're going to great. Each of us are going to give the managers a score out of ten. It's going to give a combined total out of thirty, and then obviously that'll be how the ranking is decided. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some controversial opinions. I'm sure that some people won't like what we've got to say, uh, but it's our opinions, so uh, just deal with it. Uh, we're going to start off in chronological order, so there's only one place to start. And that, boys, is with the first iteration of Jose Mourinho. He was our manager for three and a bit seasons. In that time, he delivered two Premier League titles, two League Cups, an FA Cup and a Community Shield. Um, He basically kick-started the winning mentality at the football club. We also reached the Champions League semi-finals twice under him. 
Uh, Jack, what would you score Jose out of 10 and what are your reasons behind it? Uh, I've gone for a 9 out of 10. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think you can put him much lower than that, considering he literally kick-started the success of this club under Abramovich and not only won one trophy to get it going, but won more than one, won a significant few, um, four major, major trophies and a community shield. I wouldn't really count that one, but... Um, just like you said, the winning mentality, that was massive. And breeding players like the Terrys, Czechs, Lampards, Drogbas, that were then the spine of our team going forward, another 10 years, all still there, another 10 years almost, apart from Lamps. But um, to have that spine that then went on to other success after he'd left, uh, that's why I've ranked, that so, ranked him so highly. Um, and I think just the whole aura around the place um, that he brought when he came in after winning all those trophies with Porto, um, labelling him as himself the special one, of course. Um, and just, I remember when he left, the how sad everyone was and disappointed. Um, and then when there were rumours of him coming back, the buzz around the place was just crazy. So... Um, the impact he had was massive. So that's why I've ranked Jose 9 out of 10. Yeah, I remember when he left, I was in the car on the way to school. It just comes on the radio and you're just like, oh, what? what is going on? How have we how have we sacked him? But yeah, um, Louis, what did you rank Jose out of 10? Uh, so yeah, for that first period, I've gone nine and a half purely because I, I would have probably gone 10 if we won a Champions League. Because if we had won the Champions League, like you generally can't ask for much more. Um, like you, like you, you listed the amount of stuff he won, but it wasn't just that. I don't think Chelsea Football Club as a whole under Abramovich would have been anywhere near as successful if it wasn't for that period under Jose Mourinho. I still think we would have won titles. I still think we would have won FA Cups and stuff like that, but probably nowhere near to the extent he set the fundamentals at the club and the winning mentality to springboard forward, basically. Um, and like you said, it was just a massive shame that he did get sacked because it felt like we really could have kicked on. I know that season wasn't great, but it it definitely didn't warrant a sacking considering what he'd done previously. Um, but we've quickly discovered that Jose doesn't tend to do long-term anyway, so it could have gone even further downhill. We don't know. But yeah, like I said, if it wasn't, if he had won the Champions League during that period, then it was a 10 for me. Like, I don't know where Chelsea Football Club would be today and the mentality we ha would have today if it wasn't for that first stint under Jose. So, yeah. Yeah, I've also given Jose a 9.5 out of 10. He's pretty much pretty close to perfection. Back-to-back -back league titles, uh, you know, beating Arsenal in the League Cup final, beating Liverpool in the League Cup final. Winning the first FA Cup at the new Wembley. Lots of brilliant moments under Jose. And basically with him, you've just felt un unbeatable, really. Just that massive aura, as we've discussed. So, yeah, for sure, I've given him a 9.5. Right. The next manager is Gus Hiddink. He took over on an interim basis following the sacking of Luis Felipe Scolari remember him um and he guided us 
to the FA Cup as well as a Champions League semi-final spot where we were cruelly, cruelly robbed by Barcelona and a certain Mr. Tim Henning of Rabo. Uh, Jack, Gus Hiddink's interim spell at Chelsea, what did you rate it out of 10? I've gone for a 7.5. Okay. Um I mean, he took over Scolari, which was an absolute shambles. Um, we were outside the top four. He went and won uh, 11 out of our last 13 games and guided us to a third-place finish. Um, we only lost one game out of the 22 he had in charge. Uh, also won the FA Cup, of course, against Everton. Um, and then, like you said, completely robbed in the Champions League. Um, numerous penalties should have been given. Um, and I just remember Iniesta sticking that top corner and me crying in front of the TV <laughs> back in the day. Um, so, uh, and I just think he was class. I remember us one, so all the fans wanting him to stay on, but um, the club couldn't agree a deal. And then he went to Russia, I think, didn't he, as national team manager. Um, the reason I've gone seven and a half is probably because um, he didn't do it over a prolonged period of time. 22 games is not very many, is it? I know he's probably got, I think he has got the highest win percentage of any Chelsea manager ever, but he hadn't consistently done it, although he did completely steady the ship when he joined. Um, so, yeah, that's why I've gone for seven and a half out of ten. Fair enough. Uh, Louis, what did you rank Gus Hiddink out of ten? Yeah, I've gone seven and a half as well. It would have obviously been more if we got to the final. And I actually think we probably would have won that final because we were a better side than Man United at the time in that current period under Gus Hiddink in comparison to what United were under Ferguson, albeit then winning the league that year. Um, but yeah, uh, the FA Cup was obviously an achievement, um, but it was kind of expected of Chelsea during that time. We should be winning a trophy every year. Um, obviously, a lot of that wasn't uh, was kind of out of his hands because we were only in two. Obviously, he had two to play with uh, rather than four. Um, similar to Jack, when you're only doing 22 games, it's quite easy to have a manager bounce and come in. We've seen loads of managers in the Premier League come in and save clubs from relegation. Um, for example, Emery, Arsenal had a decent stint under Emery as a manager bounce and then they he turned absolutely rubbish and Arsenal were rubbish for a while. Um, and I also think as well, I know this doesn't really have much to do with it, but when he did come back for the second interim period, um, it was a worse squad, a much worse squad than the one that he had previously and we were still pretty rubbish. Um, I know he kind of steadied the ship from how poor we were under Jose that year. But we weren't m that much better. Like I remember watching some games and it was absolutely dire, like really, really boring. Um, like I said, I know that doesn't have much to do with it, um, but he was blessed with an amazing side um, who was managed really poorly before by, um, by Scolari. So, yeah, seven and a half. Uh, great points you boys both raised there. I'm going to be slightly more generous and give Gus an eight out of ten. Uh, purely for the fact that I do feel that we got robbed in that Champions League semi-final and we would have gone on to win the competition should we have progressed past Barcelona. And we had a strong finish to the league campaign. We won the FA Cup. Uh, the fans were begging him to stay. And all in all, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty uh, successful interim spell for Gus. So the next 
manager we who came after Gus was Carlo Angelotti. Carlo brought home Chelsea's first ever double. So, Jack, what did you rate Carlo out of 10? I've gone for an 8.5 for Mr. Ancelotti. Um, reasons for that, um, he brought us our first ever double back to the bridge. Um, other things that we touched on in the podcast last week, such as scoring 103, 103 goals during the Premier League season, um, which broke a lot of records, broke the most goals scored, most goals scored at home and we also had the best goal difference the Premier League had seen at the time um, we scored seven goals in on four different occasions during the season so just the um, attacking play that uh, was really good to watch on the eye for the fans um, and obviously uh, winning two trophies in his first season um, I know the second season was uh, a bit short, if you like, in that we came a bit short in the in the league coming second, but we were quite a way behind. Um, and we also came short in the Champions League, which is ultimately probably the reason why uh, Abramovich got rid of him, because that was the only trophy that we didn't have at the time. Um, but I, I think overall it was pretty harsh how he was how he was sacked. Um, he still had a big impact over the two years, and I think if he if he'd done that now nowadays, I don't think he would have been given the push. But at that point in time, we liked getting rid of managers left, right, centre. So you can understand why Abramovich wanted to get rid of him when he wanted the uh, most coveted trophy. So that's why I've gone for 8.5 out of 10. Fair enough. Louis, what about you? What do you rate Carlo Angelotti's spell at Chelsea out of 10 as? I went for a 9. So just slightly below the 9.5 of... Jose in his first stint um, and that's because I think during a period where we have a manager for the whole season so obviously Champions League winning year in 2012 not included it was probably our best spell throughout the whole Abramovich era um, I alluded to it last week I think it was slightly better than Conte's because of the fact that we'd done a double um, uh, so yeah I think like Jack said it was probably the most attractive football we've seen under the Abramovich era across the whole 50, uh, 17 years now, is it? Um, and yeah, definitely shouldn't have been sacked. That was an absolute joke. Um, we kind of touched on all of this last last week, but we finished, we weren't even that bad the second year, like and far from it. So to sack him after he'd done that in the first year and the way it was done was just a joke. Um, but yeah, for that first season, it's got to be a nine out of 10. We were brilliant. Yeah, I've gone with Jack and I've given him an 8.5 out of 10. That first season was superb from us. However, I do feel that that second season, you know, we went out the FA Cup to Everton and we went out of the quarterfinal stage of the Champions League. He had two Champions League campaigns and the furthest we went was the quarterfinals. Bear in mind how good that squad was. It did feel slightly like a missed opportunity. Um but you, the second season, as you point out, wasn't even you know that bad. There was at one point we got to the stage where we played United away, and if we'd won, if we'd beaten them, I think we'd have actually gone above them in the league. But they beat us, and then they basically pulled clear at the end to wrap up that league title. But as I say we played some brilliant football under Carlo Angelotti, spanking teams for seven and eight. Um, just some 
brilliant, brilliant football and probably the best football we've actually seen played at Stamford Bridge. So for that reason, I'm going to give Carlo Angelotti an 8.5 out of 10. Right. The next manager, another interim manager. He took over from a certain Mr. Andre Villas-Boas. His name is, of course, Roberto Di Matteo. He is the manager who bought home the Holy Grail. He bought home that much-coveted Champions League trophy. A journey fraught with danger, and we got it done in the end. Jack, what did you rate Roberto Di Matteo's time out of Chelsea? What did you rate Roberto Di, Mate- Roberto Di Matteo's time at Chelsea out of 10? Um, I went for a 9 out of 10. Um, I, can't, I couldn't give it a 10 out of 10 because next season it just went to pants. But it is the biggest trophy. <laughs> it's, it's the biggest trophy that uh, in world football. So that's why I've gone for a 9. I don't think I could put him higher than Jose's first stint considering Jose won multiple trophies. I know uh, Di Matteo went and won the FA Cup too battering Spurs 5-1 in the semi-final and then a big performance against Liverpool beating them in the actual final, sorry. Um, but the, the second season, uh, like I said, went to pants, losing to um, Juve 3-0 and leaving us on the verge of going out of the Champions League and that was why, why he was given the push. But like we said, ultimately, the Champions League is, was something that was um, eluding the club and many of the players have tried to win that over the last 10 years. So that's why I've gone for nine out of 10. Fair enough. Much to Louis' dismay. Yeah, the view, people listening can't see this, but Louis basically just had his head in his hands and was just shaking his head throughout <laughs> everything Jack had to say. Um, Louis, I've got a feeling you are going to rate Mr Di Matteo a bit higher than a nine out of 10. <laughs> Yeah, Jack, that's a joke, mate. That's a joke, I'm sorry. Um, the bloke is a guaranteed 10, hands down. Like, I'm not even being funny. Like, um, no other Chelsea manager has been able to get anywhere near what Di Matteo achieved, which was the Champions League, bar Eddie Grant. And Eddie Grant, I call him Eddie Grant, his name's Abraham Grant, but yeah. Uh, so Eddie, Eddie Grant, he got to the final and ultimately we bottled it. We bottled it. And there was more going for Avram Grant's way in that final than there was Di Matteo. So when you look at the final, we had no Ramirez, who was crucial, no Ivanovic, no Terry. We had Bozingra playing right back. We had Kale on one leg, David Luiz on one leg. Um, the list goes on. We had Ryan Bertrand, Bertrand at left wing. Ryan Bertrand <laughs> at left wing. There you go, for example. I don't think... A, a lot of people turn around and actually say that I see a lot of tw- stuff on Twitter. It's like, it wasn't Di Matteo, it was a team. The team pushed it through. Lampard dropped a check. But why couldn't any other manager do it then? Because they had them players. But why couldn't Jose do it? Why couldn't Ancelotti do it? Why couldn't AVB do it? Why couldn't Scolari do it? They were all regarded as decent managers. Obviously, Jose and Ancelotti were. The other two, evidently not. But wh- why couldn't any of them do it and then Di Matteo could? So the fact that we won that when we definitely shouldn't have... We had absolutely no right to even get past Napoli let alone then beat Barcelona at home 1-0, go 2-0 down with 10 men and come back to 2-2 um, and then win the final with an 87th-minute header. Yeah, you can say that Dropper, Dropper carried us through and there's elements that he did. There's massive elements that Czech did. But at the end of the day, he was the guy who was leading the team and doing the team talks, etc. And he's responsible for the best Chelsea experience in terms of a single day 
of my whole Chelsea's point career. I don't care what happens for the rest of my... And maybe beating Tottenham in the Champions League final, that might top it. But <laughs> yeah. I, don't th- I, I generally don't think anything will top that day in Munich in 2012. And then to go and beat Spurs 5-1 in the semi-final and then just casually beat Liverpool, um, that almost gets brushed under the carpet because of the fact that the Champions League was so good. And like I said, I don't think there's been a more exhilarating and anxious and like almost, the, they say, written in the stars Champions League run since arguably ever. Um, and like I said, people can turn around and be like, Di Matteo didn't have much to do that with the players. But at the end of the day, he was the one telling the team what to do before the game at the half-time and that drink, whether, whether there was an injury or whatever. He was the one who put Matter on that corner, who swung it in, yeah. dropper, put it in on the top corner. Um, he was the one who subbed Torres on and Torres got the corner, etc., etc. He was the one that put Ramirez right back and then Ramirez goes through and chip the keeper. So, well, it's like that. Yeah, it's, it's like that interesting... Uh, documentary-like video of Steve Holland and him saying him and Di Matteo got flown over by Mr Abramovich to go and watch the German Cup final and they uh, Bayern played against Dortmund and Dortmund beat them 5-2 I think and Steve basically said that's where they took the tactics from for the Champions League final Um, because they had Lewandowski and Kagawa pressing or something and so R2 of those two was Drogba and Mata, and then he had centre mids of can't remember who, Mikel but then obviously, Frank. obviously we had Mikel and Frank, yeah. Yeah. Um. So that was that was really interesting to hear that the other day because that came out on YouTube. For anyone who wants to watch that, um, that was a great watch. Yeah, like don't get me wrong. In terms of actual managers, Jose is obviously a better manager. Look what Jose's done his period in comparison to what Di Matteo has done since. Um, and Jose, like I said, transformed the football club at Chelsea. Um, but he is the man who is responsible, like I said, for the best Chelsea experience I will ever have. Um, so for me, hands down, deserves a 10. Forget what happened that second year. Um, I, I, honestly, we could have got relegated that second year. I wouldn't have cared because we weren't easy. <laughs> he brought home the trophy with the big ears. So I do not care. He's an absolute legend. Always will be 10. Facts. Fair enough. Uh Sorry, Lou, I'm going to disagree with you there. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Jack and give him a 9 out of 10. Look, I love, oh. I love Roberto Di Matteo so, so much. I do. But I just think it's crazy that by, if I give him a 10 or a 9.5, that I'd probably rate him higher than the first version of Jose Mourinho. To me, that is bonkers. So, Jose I couldn't bring it home, though, could he? <laughs> True. I think but we're taking been... a more pragmatic uh, selection. <laughs> I, th- I think I think we're sort of letting head rule part. I think Louis is perhaps the other way around. But no, look. Oh, don't get me wrong. I said Jose, Jose was a better manager. Don't get me wrong. Like Jose was. And I, I get that point. But that bloke, like I said, is responsible for the best yeah. day of my Chelsea. Chelsea's point in life. So that's why I, yeah, like you said, definitely got more of my heart. But legend. So. Fair enough. No, look, it was an incredible, incredible run. And being, I was at school, this is because this is before I knew Jack. So at school, I was one of about two Chelsea fans in our whole year. So um, that was, that sort of and made we, and we live in success even more special. And we live in Cobham, so you can see all the, all the old glory hunters come out in full flow down there. 
<laughs> yep, yep, exactly. No, it was an incredible, incredible run. You know, that comeback against Napoli at the bridge. You know, you then got past a good Benfica side before. You know, we got we beat the best team in what in world football, maybe that world football's ever seen in that Barcelona team under Guardiola. And we then went to beat went and beat Bayern in their own backyard on penalties. Um, it was incredible. And there's I don't think you will ever get a more fairy tale Champions League run than that ever. It was superb. And, you know, as you mentioned, the FA Cup does get swept under the carpet. I, I, love, I love Di Matteo so much, Chelsea, so much. But I've got to think with my head here, realistically, and the league form under Di Matteo didn't actually really improve that much when he took over in the league. We still finished sixth. And, you know, the second season, we'd fallen off the pace a bit. We were still third, I think, at the time he was sat, but we were basically out of the Champions League group stages. So look, no matter how I will say, I always love Roberto Di Matteo so much, but I've got to give him a nine out of ten. I can't. I'm sorry, Dewey. I can't give him a ten out of ten. Um, but it's all right because our next manager, I feel, uh, isn't going to do perhaps as well. Uh, the man who was appointed to take over from uh, Roberto Di Matteo, much to the disgust of uh, Chelsea fans, he was, you know, perhaps commonly known as a fat Spanish waiter. Um, he was famously told to basically fuck off at Brentford away in the FA Cup. Uh, Rafa Benitez, Jack, score out of 10. Uh, I've gone for five. Middle, middle of the road. Um, I don't think you can ignore that he's won us a major trophy, albeit the Europa League, and we still lost quite a few games going through that campaign to winning the, league, uh, to winning the Europa League. Um, and one thing I didn't like about him as well was pushing players like John Terry that we've loved over the years, pushing him to one side. Um, but maybe why I've gone five as well, I would have been maybe tempted to go slightly lower, but he brought he brought the best out of players like Mata, who went and got, I think, 35 assists in that 2012-13 season. I know... He came in later on to replace um, Di Matteo, but brought the best out of players like that because he brought a better balance to the team because we had the three midfielders of Oscar, Hazard and Mata and he decided to play two rather than one and more often than not was, was Hazard and as cutting the player that was cutting in and then Mata as the creative number 10 um, so he did well in those sort of things tactically he also got Torres to score a few goals that season um, but like you said wasn't liked by the fans probably because of his close ties to Liverpool uh, you never really felt that he was welcome so that's why I've gone for 5 out of 10 Fair enough uh, Louis what did you rate Rafa Benitez out of 10? Firstly, if Ivanovic hadn't have bailed, bailed him out in that Europa League final, it would have been a big fat zero. Uh, so, because of that, I'll probably give him a three. I absolutely despise the bloke. Like, don't. Um, so, I'll talk about how much I hate him first and I'll talk about the football. So, yeah, absolutely <laughs> despise him. I, the cheek of it to actually go, you know what, I'm going to come and manage this club after mouthing him off year after year after year. Um, they, I think 
in that run where we had him a lot of times in the Champions League as well, where he was just their manager and mouthing us off. They, I think one of the only times they beat us was the goal, the ghost goal, was it? So we'd pretty much done yeah. them every other time. Um, I don't understand what, what on earth went through the board's thought process to go, you know what, um, we've just won the Champions League and we've sat the guy who won it for us, so we'll go and get this man in charge. That'll please everyone. Um, yeah, like you said, Nick, he, definition of a fat Spanish waiter, hate him. Uh, if Ivanovic hadn't scored that goal, would have been a zero. So I'll give him a three because of the fact that he's won the Europa League and it's a trophy at the end of the day. But if we didn't win that Europa League, it would have been a huge failure because the teams we played were pathetic. I'm not being funny. You're playing Benfica in the final of the um, European Cup competition. They hadn't won a cup European Cup final in a ridiculous amount of years or something. They had a cur- the curse against them or something, wasn't it? Um, I think, didn't we play Basel in the semis or something? I we might be Basel wrong. in the semis, we beat uh, Stal Bucharest before them. Uh, and we played Ruben Kazan. Oh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah. being funny. Like, if, like, Frank probably could have played the B team this year and we would have won that. Like, it, and the fact that some of them games weren't anywhere near as clean, clear, uh, clear sailing as they should have been. Um, so, yeah, just don't like him. Three, done. Get on with it. Fair enough. Uh, I would have given Rafa Benitez a six because he did mean we did get top four and we did win the Europa League. Uh, but he didn't win us the Club World Cup. We lost to Corinthians in the final one. Yeah, it? I forgot about that. That pissed me off. That really <laughs> pissed Three. me off. My, um, right, that's taken me down to a two. I forgot about that. <laughs> right, so Louis is changing his rating to a two. And uh, I'm going to go with Jack and give him a five. Look, we didn't play some bad football under Benitez, but just the whole mood in general wasn't great. And look, the fact that the Club World Cup, which we've never won, We'll probably never get a better chance of winning it than we did then. To lose to Corinthians in the final 1-0 was a joke. It was a joke. So for that, Rafa, you're getting a five from me. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll you know never see you at Stamford Bridge again. So Rafa Benitez <laughs> is considerably the worst ranked manager so far. Um, right, after Rafa came uh you know roman thought right i've got to do something now i've got to get the fans back on side so he brought back jose Mourinho for the second time uh jack now if i don't you know correct me if i'm wrong because we, we have a mutual friend who uh who has some some knowledge of the ins and outs of chelsea football club we're not itks we're not itks i promise you but uh, you were told a while in advance that Jose was coming back. Am yeah. I correct? Yes. Yes, you are correct. I think it was January, February time. And then I remember Real going out to Dortmund. I think it was, it was Dortmund, wasn't it? In the Champions League semi-final. Yeah. And Jose come in doing his interview. And, they, and someone on ITV said to him, better luck next year with Real. And he just turned and went, maybe not. And then they yeah. were like, what does this mean? He was like, I need to be somewhere that I'm loved I'm... and I'm appreciated. And then they, they had to cut it short, I think, because they're running out of time. So they were like, we'll take that as England and off. And I just remember seeing that and I'd already been told that Jose was coming back. So to see that, like, sort of confirm it, that it was 100% legit and true, was uh, very exciting at the time. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, just quickly before you give him the score out of 10, I was buzzing to have Jose back. It was sort of just because people, for, you know, whereas, you know, time's moved on now and people might, people's opinion and perception of Jose has changed. Back then, he was still arguably one of the best managers in the world and there was still that yeah. massive, massive awe about him. And I thought, right, he'll be the one. We'll, he'll get us back to where we need to be, back to challenging for league titles. Because the subsequent seasons... You know, since we'd won the league under Angelotti, we'd not really challenged. We'd sort of just been more trying to secure top four. So mm-hmm. he came back and it was, yeah, a, again, a pretty successful spell. But Jack, what did you rate Jose the second time round? Um, I've gone for a seven and a half out of ten. Okay. Um, I think we touched on it last week again. First season was a bit underwhelming. Got to the Champions League semi-finals against Atletico. 1-0 up at home, should have beaten them, should have got to a Champions League final and we came third in the league, which we should have really won, to be honest. Um, losing to a lot of teams in the bottom half of the table. Um, but he got his recruitment sorted that summer, brought in the likes of Costa and Fabregas and the first half of that 14-15 season, we were absolutely quality. Uh, pretty much stormed it. Uh, play some great football. But then after we lost 5-3 to Spurs at White Hart Lane, I think we started to uh, so-called park the bus for the rest of the season. So the football from that point on was uh, hard to watch, I'd say. Obviously, we still went and won the league, so it didn't matter at the time. But maybe it was uh, foreshadowing what was to come next season, the start of the end sort of thing. Um losing players in the dressing room and it went off on a really sour note. Um, but just to have him, have him back at that point and win another two major trophies, um, that's why I've given, given him seven and a half out of ten. Fair enough. Lou, what about you? I've gone eight, only 0.5 more similar, just because I am rating the good managers a bit higher than Jack, but Jack basically touched on all of it. The... The third year was a massive disappointment, as we discussed last week. But I think with the second year, um, I think other than his first two titles at Chelsea, I think it's our most convincing title win. Ancelotti went down to the final day. Conte, it took him four, three, four games to change to a three, four, three. And then it was like, OK, we'll probably win this now. Um, but under Jose, you just knew straight away. It was just like we were just wiping teams away at the start. And it was just like, yeah... We'll be brilliant up until Christmas. Then we'll win every game 1-0 and then we'll win the league. Um, there was almost like no panic with that whatsoever. I just kind of thought, yeah, as soon as Costa got off to a good start and Fabregas was, um, Fabregas was firing as well, it was just like, I think this is as good as we're going to get and we're probably going to win it. So that was basically my reasoning behind it. And then the reason it's not that high is, yeah, first season bottled it, third season not good enough. So, yeah, eight. Fair enough, fair enough, yeah. I've, I'm going to give him a 7.5 purely because I think that first season he talked us out of the Premier League title. He referred to Chelsea as a little horse that needs milk. Um, bearing in mind that this little horse had beaten Arsenal 6-0, had beaten Spurs 4-0, did the double over Liverpool, did the double over City, um, beat United at home 3-1 as well. It beat the big teams... Uh, I feel, despite our striker issues, that we should have won the league that year. 
Did we sign I, anyone that summer before going into that season? I can't remember. We signed Sherla. Sherla, Willian. Was it Eto? Eto, yeah. Yeah. Eto. <laughs> yeah. So he obviously but, couldn't get the strike we wanted, so he went Eto short term. And that's yeah. but Jose Jose does that. He moan, when he hasn't when he knows he needs something, he'll play it down. So he knew we needed uh, he brought in Courtois, Tabagas and Costa. He knew we needed probably we could have got away with Czech, but he knew we needed definitely two. So he does play it down. That's his way of getting what he wants in the he's very good at taking pressure off the team. So that's why he done that. So I don't know if I'll use that against him. I think that's more of his way of taking pressure off the team. And then come the end of the season he would have gone oh my God, what a great achievement that was. Similar to his time at Man United when they finished second in the sense that he played it down, played it down, played it down and he's like, yeah, this is the biggest achievement of my career because this side is clearly not good enough. So I'm not sure whether I'd use yeah. that necessarily against him. But yeah, we are Chelsea Football Club and he did have a better side. So I see your point. Fair enough. We did also crash out a Champions League semi-finals, a night where he started Cesar Azpilicueta on right wing. That was a very bizarre... <laughs> That's Jose thing ever. That was very, very frustrating and peculiar. But credit to him, the second season, we cruised to the title, really. Some of the yeah. football we played early on, we touched on it last week. The football we played in the first half of the season was good. And I've said it, and I've not felt this way about going to Chelsea for a long time. But when Jose was in charge of that second season, I never felt we were going to lose a game. Every game, I was like, yeah, we'll win. It doesn't matter. It might not be pretty, but we'll win and we'll get the job done. So that second season was superb. And obviously we beat Spurs in a League Cup final. Again, and I said this last week, my only gripe was that we bottled a Champions League round of 16 against PSG. I think with the squad we had, we could have maybe gone further in Europe that season. Um, And then unfortunately, that third season, it all went horribly, horribly wrong for Jose. Look, the fans were behind him till the end. You know, they were singing his... The atmosphere in that third season at Stamford Bridge... The support Jose got was phenomenal. I know, you know, you can say he deserved it for everything he'd achieved at the club. But we were 16th. The football was dire. We were losing to teams like Bournemouth 1-0 at home. And the fans were still singing stand up for the special one. It was, you know, unfortunately it ended badly. And since he's left Chelsea, the relationship has probably only worsened, I'd say. Yeah given, you know, his reaction as, you know, United manager and then recently as Spurs manager. Um, but look, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. It was still incredible for him to come back. You know, a man who was pretty much a god to most Chelsea fans. He was idolised by so many people. And to have him back the second time, it was still pretty special. There were still some unbelievably brilliant moments. You know, we talk about that first season not winning a trophy, but that PSG game at home when we beat them 2-0 late on Jose running down the touchline it was sort of just like oh the good time the good times are coming back um it was just short-lived really so yeah that was the three uh, season curse as usual yeah exactly so I've given Jose a 7.5 the next manager to discuss is the man who replaced Jose Mourinho. His name is, of course, Antonio Conte. Antonio spent two seasons at Stamford Bridge, in which time he delivered Chelsea a Premier League title, breaking all sorts of records along the way, gaining 30 wins in a season, going on a 13-game 
winning run in the second season. He also won us the FA Cup. Jack, what did you rate Antonio Conte's time at Chelsea out of 10? Um, I've gone for an 8 out of 10 for the Italian. Um, mostly based on the first season, um, which was just unbelievable. Um, not, a, not a great start. I know we beat West Ham and Watford, but they were not that convincing. Then we had consecutive losses to Liverpool and then a 3-0 loss to Arsenal at the Emirates. Um, but that was that loss was honestly the best thing that happened to us that season. Remember all the Arsenal fans laughing afterwards, giving us a hard time. But that that game literally won us the league because he changed the formation. Um, and I think just what he did with that team, taking it from tenth to going all the way and winning it um, with the players he had, which weren't the best if you compare it to say an Ancelotti team um he had like Moses and Alonso obviously on the wing back so I think with the tools he had he did an unbelievable job um yeah the second season wasn't great um didn't get the signings he wanted um and started moaning but at the end of the day um even though we didn't have a great season he still managed to uh, pull a trophy out of the bag and bring the FA Cup home courtesy of uh, Eden Hazard penalty against United Yeah, no, that very good point well made Louis, what about you? What did you rate Antonio Conte? So I've gone for eight and a half so 0.5 lower than what I gave Carlo based on the same reasons as I gave Carlo more last week and that's because Carlo done double Antonio unfortunately couldn't manage it in his first season getting beat by Arsenal um, I also think with the Carlo situation, he had champ- although he had a better squad, he actually had Champions League as well. It was quite nice for Conte to only be playing every Saturday without any European competitions that year. So I think that definitely helped. Um, and yeah, the rest, basically, I still think we were amazing under Conte. It was by far my favourite season as a Chelsea fan uh, across the whole season. Obviously, 2012 was the epitome, but uh, Conte across the whole season was just so good. Um yeah, I think Jack's basically covered it all, really. Um, loved the season. We were great. Great going forward. Not the best players. He took us from 10th to 1st. Um, just a shame we couldn't get that double. And if he got the double, then he, I would have scored him half. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I changed my mind originally on Conte. I was going to give him an 8. I'm going to be generous and give him an 8.5 like you, Louis. As we mentioned, that first season was superb. As we mentioned sort of in the pod last week, you know, performances like the 5-0 over Everton, winning 3-1 at the Etihad, the 4-0 over Manchester United. There were so many brilliant, brilliant moments. And it was unfortunate, you know, that we couldn't uh, win the double that season. But as we mentioned in the pod last week, we scored, we scored a lot of goals as well. Uh, it was pretty entertaining going to the games. And it was definitely my most enjoyable season as a fan. The second season, for me, was... Obviously, this, the first half of that season was actually quite solid. We were second in the league after about 20 games. We got out of a tough Champions League group and we were in the League Cup semi-finals. Bear in mind that how good that City side was. We'd actually done all right that first half of the season. But then the second half of the season, he was moaning and moaning. And there's just that negativity just didn't go away. And there were just a couple of moments where it was just painful. The 4-1 at Watford, the 3-0 defeat to Bournemouth. 
and that one nil defeat at Man City where we basically didn't try to we basically just tried not to get hammered. You know, there was that there's that clip of the players basically just not close, you know, trying to press the city players, not trying to close them down, just letting them have the ball. And Conte basically said afterwards he didn't want to get hammered because he didn't want to dent the players' confidence. It was pretty grim at points. You know, we lost 3-2 to home to Burnley on the opening day. It was pretty frustrating. But then again, there were some brilliant moments. We produced one of the best Champions League performances I've seen us when we went to Atletico and 1-2-1. Atletico are one of the toughest sides you can play in Europe, and we bossed them. We played them off the pitch, and we deservedly won at their new ground 2-1. And then... A sort of one last hurrah. Conte gave me a brilliant day out at Wembley watching us lift the FA Cup in 2018. So I've I've got so many fond memories of Conte. Um, so I can't I, I can't rate him as highly as perhaps other managers, but it was still a couple of brilliant years. So for that reason, I'm going to give Antonio Conte an 8.5 for his time at Chelsea. Right. On to the last candidate, Maurizio Sarri. This one, I'm sure, is going to cause a lot of division between, well, maybe amongst the listeners, we don't know. Uh, but it's, he certainly caused a huge divide amongst the fan base. He was, you know, people didn't like the fact that he sometimes looked like a homeless man wearing his tracksuit and his, you know, top that probably wasn't really a right fit for him uh people didn't like the one-dimensional football that he played but it was so you know that it was a lot of it was sideways uh it all came to a head really in sort of a Manchester United FA Cup game with uh both sets of fans chanting you're getting sacked in the morning as well as Cardiff away where the famous fuck sorry ball chant uh was born uh, but he did deliver us for Europa League, a top four finish, and there were some good moments. Um, Jack, what did you rate Maurizio Sarri's time out of 10 at Chelsea? Um, I've gone for five and a half out of 10. Um, okay. I'll go with the, with the uh, good points first. Um, so he, t- he took over <clears throat> with only four weeks until the start of the season. So didn't have much time to get in many players that he wanted. Uh, I know, obviously, he got Jorginho, the main man, his uh, so-called son. But um, we had a good start to the season. We're 12 unbeaten, and uh, it all looked good. But then the form soon dipped. Um, I, I think... If you look at it from afar, if you look at it from another fan's point of view, looking at Chelsea last last year, you'd probably say he was underrated in a way because he got us a third-place finish, uh, got us to a League Cup final that I remember sitting there thinking, we are going to get battered by Manchester City. And that was arguably one of the best games we played that season. We were pretty good in that game. Um, Bar Kepa being a being a brick and prick and not coming off. Um, could have won that League Cup final down on penalties, which is anyone's game at the end of the day. So that was unlucky. Um, won us the Europa League, and that was his first ever trophy as a manager. So 
you've got to give him credit for that. But um, ultimately, I just don't think he was likable. Um, his his stubbornness just really used to piss me off. How you'd see the game and it's not going our way, and he'd still play the same formation. He wouldn't change it. There was no plan B ever. The amount of times he substituted Kovacic and Barkley between the two must have been about 40 times that season. It was an absolute piss take. Playing Kante, the best centre defensive midfielder in the world, completely out of position, so far up the pitch, was just, I didn't understand it. Getting rid of Fabregas when he still, in my opinion, had a lot to offer to the club. And then, I can't remember, Nick, you'll say what game it is, but when he brought on Zappa Costa, a uh, right back. Oh. Well, that's that. the FA Cup tie. The that's FA the FA Cup tie. Yeah. I literally yeah, just yeah, loved that moment. That, that was it. That was it One for me. One of the best, best things that came out of that match was I saw a clip, and it's that clip from the in-betweeners. Well, there's a couple of clips from the in-betweeners where... <laughs> Like, Will just goes, oh, there's a plan B, is there? <laughs> yeah, it was just yeah, so yeah. apt for describing sorry. It's just like, I honestly, you're 2-0 down. You've got Callum Hudson-Odoi on the bench and you bring on Zappa Costa for Azpilicueta. That did my yeah, head Yeah, it's just not a way to win over your fans, is it? And get people behind you. So, I just don't think he was likeable. Didn't win the fans over. And even though he won a trophy... The football was was hard to watch at times. Um, as a fan, there was probably a few games last season I was like, I can't even be bothered to really watch these. And I'm never like that. I'm there to watch every game if I'm there or on the TV. And just losing to teams. I remember we. I remember I was playing football for uni, and we were on the bus back from an away game, and we were playing Bournemouth away. And I was getting ripped to shreds on that bus journey back. They were like, 1-0, 2-0, 3-0, And, yeah, just there were more moments like that, I think, than good moments across the season. So that's why I've gone for five and a half. Fair enough. Yeah, also the 6-0 defeat at City, where we were 4-0 yeah. down in 20 minutes, was pretty impressive by us. Yeah. Um, Louis, what did you rate Mr Sari out of 10? Um, it's tough because I actually think Rafa is actually a better manager I think Rafa's got more used, I know it, we're only manage, talking about his time at Chelsea but if you speak about speak, listen to Jamie Carragher Stephen Gerrard about Rafa's tactics they give him all the plaudits in the world about how good he was tactically he's won Champions Leagues and stuff like that um, and I actually think he is probably a better tactical manager than Sarri, as Jack alluded to the fact that he's just the most one-dimensional manager we've ever had. But I'm going to score him higher than Rafa because I, hate, I don't hate him as much as Rafa, although I hated him. So I'm going to give him a four. Um, and I think the thing that wound me up so much with Sarri, um, not only the people on Twitter who, for some reason, had this like unquestionable love for him, uh, where you couldn't say anything wrong about him, despite it being the most boring football under the whole Abramovich era, without question. I don't care what anyone says. It is, without doubt, the most bored I've ever been watching Chelsea bar that final. If you take if you take Eden Hazard out of that team, 
I don't. Well, I don't want to know oh, where we he finished. Were... He scored fifty. He scored fifty percent yeah. of our goals, and people forget that Frank hasn't had him, and Frank hasn't had that fifty percent of goals. I dread to think what on earth would have happened this year with Sarri in charge, like because he he was re- always a reluctance to play the youth, and Loftus Cheek wasn't even that young. It only took towards the end of the season where he started playing. Hudson Odoi should have got way more minutes when we had injuries. Again, he wasn't getting anywhere near enough minutes. And people try and praise Sarri for him bringing them into the side. It's the complete opposite. He should have gave them a way, way more minutes than well, what they got. Well, he was, for, he, was for, he was forced into playing someone like Callum because Callum wanted out. He wanted to go to Bayern. Yeah, exactly. So he was forced exactly. to play him. Um, so, yeah, the football was crap. Absolutely crap. I, I, there's been times where... Um, Throughout support in Chelsea, I very rarely turn off a football match, and that season I turned it off a lot. Um, <laughs> the City game, usually, if we're getting hammered, I usually just force myself to watch it. There's been a couple of times this year as well. Um, United just uh, just forced myself to watch it four 0 at the start of the season. Um, Everton, we were getting hammered away from home three one. Again, just forced myself to watch it. But under Sarri, I just didn't even force myself to watch it. I was just like, this this bloke doesn't deserve my time. It was. Utterly, it was shambolic. You take Hazard out that side, and it is it is shambolic. We people talk about winning the Europa League, right? Don't be wrong. Chelsea should be winning trophies, and if we're in the Europa League, the minimum requirement is you have to win it. So fair play to him. We went on and won it. But we faced one good side in that run up to the Arsenal final, Frankfurt, and we were incredibly lucky not to lose. We should have lost uh, again, like Jack said. It went to pens, and pens is fifty fifty. Um, and in the final, we can't against a crap Arsenal side managed by a crap manager. And thankfully, had the arguably one of the best players in the world to just turn it on. And don't get me wrong, we actually played some decent stuff in that final. And I, but there's clips going around on Twitter, and it's like we're four one up, and it's like look at what Sarri Ball could have implemented. I'm like, I'm not being funny. At four one up, it's quite easy to do that. But away to City at nil nil, we weren't doing it. That's the problem. And then we lose six nil. This is what people don't understand. At nil nil away to Bournemouth, we weren't playing like that. We lose four nil. At home to Manchester United in the FA Cup, we weren't playing like that. We lose 2-0. And the problem is with all them games that reoccurred was he never changed it, like Jack said. It was always a 4-3-3. He never took Jorginho off. He played Kante out of position. And people come and say, come and say to me, well, Frank's playing Kante out of position. Well, we'll see where Frank plays Kante next year. And he's definitely not playing him as far up the pitch in a 4-3-3 as Sarri was. Sarri was playing him so far away to Jorginho, it was a joke. The bloke literally can't run. At least Frank tucks him in a bit to give him a bit of protection. Um, so that was horrendous. The Kovacic job, as you mentioned, was a joke. And that was just, I honestly think he was just doing that to wind us up. And it was working. He was just putting the fish and the bait out there. And we were nibbling every time because I just, I, I could go, honestly, Nick, I could go on and on and on. Um, I think the disconnection between the fans and the club at that point was as vast as it's been in comparison to the Benitez year, probably. Um, I think we were an ageing squad. We had no... It didn't seem like we had any long-term plan. The guy, the striker, he was so desperate to bring in was Higuain and he was an absolutely crap. Um, I understand that we had Morata, but he was reluctant to play Giroud a lot of the time. Frank's played Giroud at the end of the season and look what he's done. It took him, for him to, until the final for him to play Giroud and then look, he pops up and scores a goal again. Um, yeah, like I said, Nick, I can just go on and on, but it was the most boring season I've ever sat through as a Chelsea fan and that's why it's a four. Fair enough. Uh, I have a privilege of watching every single home game in all competitions last year under Maurizio Sarri. Lucky me. Um, I did actually rate him higher than both of you boys. I gave him a 6.5. 
that might be seen as incredibly generous by some people. But what did you What did I, you give Rafa again? Uh, I gave. Uh, I think I gave Rafa. I gave Rafa a five. Okay. I gave Sorry a six and a half. The reason I did that is, is that we beat Spurs at home. Like he gave us some decent moments at home. We beat Spurs at home two nil. We beat Arsenal at home three two. We should have beaten Liverpool at home, and then Sturridge pops up with a worldie late on to get get a point. We beat City two nil, and honestly, if that that was like the biggest hope I ever had that Sorry Ball could become something special, because we were superb that game. And that second half, we passed City off the pitch and we were superb. But unfortunately, we didn't see that again. So as much as there are some brilliant moments and that we beat Spurs in the League Cup semi-final, that was, again, brilliant. It was tough. There's one thing about that semi-final, sorry. That was one point I missed. Um, That Spurs side in that semi-final was crap. I think they were relying on Lorente up front. Yeah, that's true. Because Kane wasn't playing. We lost the away game 1-0. and we were tragic in that away game. Awful. Uh, I know Kepa gave away a pen, but that blatantly wasn't good enough. Um, and in that home game, if you're not beating a Spurs side led by Lorente, like you said, without their two best players, then you're in trouble. And we only scraped through that. I mean, they oh, took man. us to... Did they take us to... Extra, oh, penalties. Penalties, of penalties. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, again, like there's been two times. Both semi-finals we scraped through on penalties, so it could have gone so horribly wrong. Mm. Um, I know it didn't, but it wasn't. It, neither of them semi-finals were utterly convincing. Yeah, no, I take your points. Uh, and Jack mentioned that the contributions of Hazard. I've honestly never seen a Chelsea team so reliant on one player yeah. as I did last season under Eden Hazard. I remember we played Wolves at home. We drew them one all. Yeah. We were losing yeah, one we nil to so injury bad. time, and then oh, Hazard we so stepped bad. up with a worldie. But we were so bad; the passing was so slow. It was sideways, sideways, backwards. It was honestly dreadful, and unfortunately, that was too often the theme where we were just too reliant on Ed and Hazard to bail us out. Yeah, the problem was with that team. Sorry, Nick. The problem was, like you said, we had a good start, but as soon as they realised how to play against us, that was it. Yeah. If teams if teams learn how to play against us, and if they could execute it, we lost the game. Yeah, I mean, we lo- We nearly lost to that dreadful United team under Mourinho. Yeah. United were in free fall, and we were losing two one till Barkley popped up with a last minute equaliser. Yeah. It's what the reason I said the reason I given Sari a six and a half, despite the fact that overall this might seem I'm quite negative on him. And, and like Jag, there were games last year where I just didn't bother watching. And the thing again with Sari was last year, as soon as we went one nil down, you basically knew it was game over. I can't I think the only time yeah. we came back from losing positions to win a game was against Cardiff City. And we were and game. we were so lucky in that. We shouldn't have yeah, won in the away sides. game, yeah. Yeah. Um I gave him a six and a half purely because we won the Europa League. We battered Arsenal in a final 4-1. And to be fair, you know, the Europa League, no one likes watching Europa League football, let's be real. You have to, you have to look up where most of the teams you're playing come from. But the football we actually played in the Europa League wasn't that bad. You know, we got to see, I remember seeing Ruben get his first hat-trick for Chelsea. Callum getting his first goal for Chelsea. It was quite nice in the Europa League that some more of the, like, that Ruben and Callum came to the fore a lot more in that. 
Um, but it's it's tough to give Sari any higher than a six and a half purely because I didn't enjoy I didn't enjoy last season really. I was glad when it was over. I wasn't. I'm never. I'm never gonna say like I want a manager out. But if he'd got sacked at any point during last season, I wouldn't have felt sorry for him. I wouldn't have been disappointed. I'd have felt pretty much nothing because my feelings for I don't feel any real feeling for Maurizio Sarri. I'm just glad we won him his first trophy. I'm glad he, his time at Chelsea got to end on a positive note. But other than that, I don't really have anything more positive to say. And then you see what he's done, you know, with Juventus this year. Yeah, hardly set the world that. alight. Got sacked, and I, I've, I've, I'm not sure if I've, I don't think I've said this on the podcast before, but I've, I've often said, described it to Jack. Maurizio Sarri is a Europa League level manager. That At is, best. that's my, that's my honest, honest opinions on Maurizio Sarri as a manager. He is a Europa League level manager. I don't think he's a top top manager because to be a top top manager, you can't be that one dimensional and not have a plan B no matter what, you know, whatever his philosophy is and if he's learnt off, like, the best and the fact that he's adored, like, you know, that Guardiola raves about him, I do not care. You've got to have a plan B, in my opinion. You cannot it's not even be... having a plan B. It's just adapting. Like, yeah. look at how adaptable we are this year with Frank. Don't get me wrong, there's so many times where he's got it wrong. Um, where, the, like, for example, the, the formation in the final didn't work. But at least we're rocking up to games and we're not knowing what formational team he's going to play so if we don't know how the hell the opposition going to know the problem is with Sarri every everybody week it was rocking up same 11 same 11 same 11 same 11 and they knew well you pressed Jorginho pretty early on you get three on hazard and they got nothing don't be wrong the squad was crap the squad was crap but we've arguably we've got a worse squad this year because of the fact that we don't have one of the most talented players we've ever had at the club Um, yet Frank has arguably achieved the same thing, given that um, we lost the final, we got top four, Europa League, Champions League, obviously you can't really compare them. But look, just look at how much more he's more willing to change games and try and impact games early on. That Arsenal 2-1, if you've, I don't know if you boys have watched the whole documentary, but he said there's some times in games where you don't want to do it, but if you wait too long, you're going to be 2-3-0 down. And he changed it on like 30 minutes. He went three back to four back and thankfully we won the game 2-1. Under Sarri, we would have lost that 4-0. And yeah. that's the difference. Um, like I said, there was no long-term vision. And the reason Again, there was no long-term vision is because nobody trusted him. Yeah. Yeah, I said, no, Jack and I were at the Arsenal game and it was that first 30 minutes was grim. And then credit to Frankie changed it. But with the problem with... My, I, I don't want to bash Sari too much because I think he's quite... You know, despite the fact that we don't have a... You know, Chelsea fans don't have a great relationship with him. His story in terms of management is quite admirable. The way he's worked his way up through the levels. But the problem with, you could basically guess what minute Sari was going to make his substitutions last year. You know, around yeah. the 60th minute mark, he goes, oh, okay, it's Barkley for Kovacic. And then maybe yeah. 10, 15 minutes later, oh, it's Pedro for Willian or vice versa. And then maybe the last one late on is, okay, we'll change the striker or something. Did he ever change formation? I think he did. I think in that Wolves game, he actually did. I think he went just like put like loads of strikes on. I think we went four four two. But the most, other than that, ringing the bell, the I don't remember it. Adaptability or variety he showed, I think, was playing a false nine in a couple of games. He played false nine at, um, in against City when we beat them two 0 at the bridge. Them away and, in the semi final was that a false nine? 
quite possibly. Hudson Adoy and I thought Hudson was up front. I might be wrong. Yeah, yeah, and then he played a false nine, and then he played a false nine in the League Cup final as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, unfortunately for Sorry, that was probably the most adaptability he showed. Whereas we look, you know, I'm not wanting to, you know, keep comparing managers, but Frank, you know, this season he's played four three three. He's played three four three. He's he's changed it up for certain games. Four two three one. Four three one exactly. Sorry, was pretty much unfortunately the same throughout. So, like, don't get me wrong. I said in one of the previous pods, I think that's a bit of a almost. It's great that Frank's like that, but it's almost a bit of a critic. It's like we needed that solidified formation where it's like on the on eighty percent of our games we're going to go four three three, which I think we should do next season. But then you should have the option to go. Okay, if we are playing a tougher game away from home, let's go three four three. And let's play some wing backs who can get forward and exploit them, or let's go four two three one and play two in front of the back four and block it in. Um, but it's having that option and having the to change games, which is what I previously yeah. said. Um, like I said, I don't. I think Frank should stick to one formation more next year. Um, but the fact that we literally, other than false, the thing is though, you said it was a false nine, but it was still four three three. Really, yeah. it wasn't. It was still the same thing. So. Just without an out-and-out striker, which made it even more painful to watch, to be honest. Yeah, you're taking away our best. I never understood why we put Hazard up there as false nine as well. That I, that baffled me because you're taking our best player out of his best position. Um, yeah. I would have just like stuck Pedro up there and just gone, you know, just run around, like just chase him yeah. down and keep Hazard off the left, personally. Um, yeah. But that's not me blaming Sarri because loads of other managers did it, didn't they? Did Conte do it? Oh, yeah, Conte did it, it a couple, a couple of, of times, times as well. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so no, yeah. it's and again we you know talk about sorry sort of lack of adaptability. We the two games we against City where we had relative success, we didn't try and dominate the ball. We didn't necessarily try and play on the front foot. We sort no. of let City have the ball and we'd sort of sit back and then we counter them and play well. The two of the two games we did well against City, the League Cup final and the game at the bridge, we let City have the ball. And then as we grew in confidence as the game, we started to take more risks, but it was mainly sort of trying to counter-attack them. Whereas when we went to the Etihad, it was just like, just attack. I remember Gary Neville saying four minutes in, he was like, because we pressed them and they knocked the ball out of play. And Gary Neville was like, oh, quite a bright start from Chelsea. But he was like, this worries me already. Because we, they yeah. were just so open. It was like we, the amount we were pressing, was just like, all Edison has to do is play one into midfield and they would cut, cut us open. And that's what it was like a lot of the time. It was just like, yeah. if you got through our press, we were banging trouble. And sorry, Jack, the reason why we were, that cup final was good is because he actually changed it. He, he brought yeah. on Loftus-Cheek and Hudson-Odoi at an earlier stage than what he would have done in previous games. He didn't wait till like the last 10 minutes. He brought on fresh legs and they were both good that game and he trusted them. So yeah. if he'd done that more often, we probably would have been a better side, but he didn't. Yeah, especially as well, given the fact, you know, the impact Callum had in that pre-season as well. He's probably one of the most exciting players we had on yep. that pre-season. Again, just a, fi- a quick, like final quick point for me as well. I'd praise Sari early on for the home form against the big six. But we got battered. We got lost at Liverpool. We got battered at City. We got battered at Spurs 3-1. I know we only After lost 3-1, but that game was tragic. The Arsenal 2-0 was awful. And then we drew one all at at the time, a pretty poor United. And again, I gave, you know, I gave sorry credit for coming third. The quality, we won one of our last five games at the end of last season. We moved <laughs> up from yeah. fifth to third. That was how so bad, bad everyone else was. Mm. Everyone else at the back end of that season was struggling for form. 
But look, I said I've given Sarri 6.5 because we played some good stuff in the Europa League. There were some memorable moments, um, but it was time to move on and it was just pretty average football. Jack, did you have any final stuff thoughts you wanted to add? Um, not really, to be honest. I think we've covered it all. Don't really want to talk, talk any more about Sarri. Done with that. But that, that, like, that, yeah. city, that game at the Etihad, is, I think that's honestly one of the worst games I've ever seen as a Chelsea fan. How hard that was to watch. It was yeah. awful, awful, and I made myself watch that to the 90th minute. Yeah, likewise, generally, generally likewise. one of the one of the worst games, one of the worst days I've had as a Chelsea fan. I flicked off yeah. after 23 minutes. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm just glad I wasn't in the away end. Um, yeah, right. Some of my mates were. They left Ooh, to get the train yeah. back after 18 minutes. Fair enough. Crikey! Beat right. the traffic. That, <laughs> that brings uh, that. The managers to an end. So to conclude, so we're gonna. I'm gonna go from the bottom up. So in last place was Rafa Benitez, who scored a grand total of 12 out of 30 from the lads. Uh, second bottom was Maurizio Sarri, who scored a total of 16 out of 30 from us. Uh, then in joint for third bottom was Gus Hiddings' interim spell, and. Jose Mourinho, the second time around. Maybe we're harsh on Jose, but it did go. People do. It did go terribly, terribly wrong. Um, after Jose, it is then Antonio. Sorry, it is. Uh, sorry, yeah, it is Antonio Conte who scored twenty-five out of thirty from us. Carlo Angelotti, twenty-six out of thirty, takes third place and joint first was Jose the first iteration and Roberto Di Matteo. So, well, Louis, you love Rob, Robbie yes. Di Matteo. So, <laughs> you've, you've managed to get him to number one, joint number one. So, I think, I think you can take that I as think a victory. That's fair. That's I fair. think that's overall, overall, having those two joint is definitely, that's a good result there. That wasn't planned yeah. as well. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't planned. I did. I just asked the boys sort of, um, just to think about it beforehand, but just coming... On the spot, look, I had a general idea of how it would go. I honestly thought Rafa and Sari would be at the bottom purely just because, you know, they did the relationship with the fans and it was a bit underwhelming at times. I'm, I'm glad Sari did better than Rafa, though, I must say. Uh, then it was Gus and Jose the second time around. I, I'm just quickly, boys, you, I'm guessing we'd all say we'd still rank Jose the second time around, though, above Gus, yes? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. Yeah, Jose the second time around. Still some, you know, brilliant moments. But as we said, unfortunately, all went wrong. Then was Antonio Conte, whose time at Chelsea was short-lived, but very enjoyable. Some brilliant moments. Uh, scored 25 out of 30 from us. So pretty, pretty solid effort from him there. I'm sure, I'm sure he's flattered by our score. Um, <laughs> Carlo Angelotti then, 26 out of 30. That's pretty fair. And yeah, Roberto Di Matteo and Jose Mourinho, Taking top spots, uh, I'm pretty sure most Chelsea fans would agree with that um, rating. Apart from the so, Sarri lovers, they'll give him 30 out of 30. <laughs> if there are any, if if there are any Sarri fans who strongly, strongly disagree with us, feel free to jump in the DMs at Twitter. I honestly don't mind having an honest conversation with you. I'd love to know if why you think perhaps we should have rated Sarri higher. Um, I'd like to know your reasoning, yeah. but it is wrong. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, please let us know. Yeah, 
deluded. <laughs> right. Uh, that wraps up this episode of the podcast. We, unless any, you know, bonus episodes happen before then, then the next episode we do will be uh, predicting well, doing a sort of season preview is how we think the Premier League season will pan out and we'll try and release that around a week before the Premier League season starts. As always, you can follow us and get in contact with us on Twitter, at that Chelsea pod, on Instagram, at that Chelsea podcast. We are on all your podcast platform providers. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, if you fancy giving us a five-star rating and a review, please, please, sorry, fans, don't kill us in the ratings <laughs> on Apple because we didn't, we, we, we well, disrespected sorry. Um, but a good rating does push us up uh, on the podcast and allows more people to uh, discover us. And uh, yeah, until the next episode, everybody keep the blue flag flying high. Bam. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.